My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And I want to thank you today for joining us on our radio program that we call Peace by Believing. And on today's program, we're going to be talking about how we can develop our faith when we're going through the trials of life. Now, faith is very, very important. We know, first of all, that we can't even be saved without faith. We have to trust Jesus Christ to come into our heart, forgive our sins, and make us a Christian. So were it not for faith, none of us could even be saved and go to heaven when we die. Faith is also important because it is through faith that we honor God. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so the first way we please God is simply by trusting in Him. In another place, the Bible says that our faith is more precious to God than gold that perishes. And so God values our faith. He treasures our faith. Did you know the most important thing in your life is your faith? It's not your job. It's not your family situation. It's not how much money you have. The most important thing to God is your faith. And when God looks at you, He is able to look at your heart with x-ray vision, and He's able to see how much faith you have and whether or not you're truly trusting in Him. And so faith is very important. And since faith is the most important thing to God, faith should be the most important thing to us. In other words, in our lives, as we think about our priorities, and we have so many things in our lives that are so very important, our families, our jobs, our responsibilities, our health, our finances, all these things are very important. But at the top of the list of important things in our life, is our faith in Jesus Christ because that's what determines the depth of our relationship with Him. It's what determines how close we are to Him. It's what determines how much peace we have in our heart. Faith is so very important. But remember this about faith. Faith does not come fully developed. In other words, when I first became a Christian, when I gave my heart to Jesus, when I took the faith that I had and put it in Jesus Christ, my faith wasn't very big. It wasn't very strong. It may have been like a little mustard seed, as Jesus described in the New Testament. So our faith doesn't come fully developed. So God is so very patient with us. And God works with us to help us develop our faith so that our faith can grow and mature and be strong, so that our faith can go from being like a little acorn planted in the ground to being like a big, strong oak tree that can weather the storms of life. So the question is, how does God develop our faith? Well, there are lots of ways that God does that. First of all, God develops our faith by His Word. When, when you read the Word of God, your faith will begin to grow. In fact, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so even today, as you're listening to this program, your faith 
will grow. It can't help but to grow because on today's program, we're going to be teaching you what the Bible says. So one of the ways we grow in our faith is simply by receiving the Word of God. Another way that we grow in our faith is by obeying God. When we take a step of obedience, God tells us to do something, and we step out and obey God, well, that helps our faith to grow because sometimes God tells us to do something and we don't have any idea or any way of knowing how our obedience might work out, but we take that step of faith anyway, that step of obedience, and as we do, we see that God provides for us, He meets our needs, He honors our obedience, and we say, wow, God told me to do this, I did it, it turned out for my uh, good, and so we grow in our faith and we develop in our faith. But another way, and this is a very big way that we grow in our faith, is when we go through trials and tests and difficulties and setbacks and disappointments and heartaches and the storms of life. Sometimes those are the ways that we grow the most in our faith. And so today's program is all about that, how we can develop our faith during the trials and the storms and the difficulties of life. Now, if you have your Bible, I wish you would open it to the book of James. James is probably the most practical book in the New Testament. Somebody has said that James is to the New Testament what the book of Proverbs is to the Old Testament. It is practical. It is a how-to book. And one of the first things that James teaches us in his book is how to develop our faith during the trials of life. And so on today's program, my father, who is the senior pastor of our church, Charles Redmond, he's going to be sharing a sermon about just this subject, how our faith can develop during the trials of life. And he's going to identify four different things that you can do. And maybe today as you're listening to this, you're going through a trial in your life and you need to know, how can my faith grow? How can my faith develop? How can I respond properly during this trial so that I'll not only survive the trial, but actually thrive during the trial and come through it on the other side stronger and better off than I was before the trial ever happened. So he's gonna be sharing four steps that we can all take to develop our faith during these trials that we all face. And my prayer is that today's program will be a real blessing to you. Faith is developed in our lives as we go through trials and tests and difficult things. It's how God designed it to be. Now, if you'll turn with me in the book of James, it's a very, very interesting thing in the book of James because what James does, he, he gives us four specific things that we can do to develop our faith. And uh, so we'll turn to that. James, a blessed book in the New Testament, uh, written, of course, on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by James, the half-brother of the Lord. And it's the interesting thing about James, you know, he was not a believer. The Bible teaches us that he was not a believer in the Gospel of John, chapter 7. He did not become a believer until after the resurrection. And then when he saw Jesus, he became a believer, realizing that he true, truly was the Messiah. Now, in, in the book of James, and we're in chapter 1 today, it, it's a very blessed thing. We have some things to help us develop our faith. And I wish you'd just begin to jot these down, then we'll think about them as we have time. First of all, we develop our faith by very simply uh, guarding your tongue. 
guarding our tongue. And if you'll just jot that little word tongue down, you say, what does that have to do with developing my faith? Well, everything. Look with me in James chapter 1. And uh, if, if you look down with me uh, in, in verse uh, number 19, the Bible says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. He's writing to believers. He's writing, of course, to uh, Jewish believers who are scattered now across uh, the Ro- known Roman world. In fact, if you go back in verse 1, it says, James, a bondservant of God, uh, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's an interesting verse. That'd be a good sermon. The skeptic became a servant. He didn't even believe Jesus was a Messiah like the resurrection. But now he is a believer, and he's writing these 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. That's the Jewish people who, because of vast persecution, have just scattered out across the known Roman world. And so we come over here in this verse, and it says, you know, be, be swift to hear, slow to speak. Now, you know, many times you, you hear someone take the, a verse like that verse and just say, okay, now here's what the Bible says. We're to be, we're to be what? We're to be uh, swift to hear and slow to speak. Well, that's a truth from the verse. That is a, a good thing, to be swift to hear and slow to speak. But so oftentimes in our preaching, our teaching, what we have and what we hear is people preaching and teaching truths from verses instead of the truth in the verse. Now, this verse is not a verse just to say, hey, everybody listen real quickly and quietly. We're to be swift here and slow to speak. This is in the context. This is in the context of how a believer is to deal with trials. It it doesn't delete the fact that wise we would be to be swift to hear and slow to speak. All of us can probably do better in that area. But there's something far greater here than that. And that is that as we go through our trials and tests and temptations, what he's saying is in the context of all that, he's telling these believers, here's what you need to do. You need to be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. You know, what he's saying is, as we go through these tests in life, we're to guard our tongue. And many times as people go through difficult things in life, and we all encounter those. And sometimes, perhaps too often times, uh, we, we blame God. I, I've heard that numbers of times. Pastor, I don't know why God let this happen. Pastor, we put all the blame on God. Well, look back in verse 13. He says, let no one say when he is tempted, or that is when some test comes along, I'm tempted or I'm tested by God. So we need to guard our tongue because things can happen. And very quickly, we we begin to, with our tongue, whether we even verbalize it or not, we blame God for the whole deal. Well, we need to guard our tongues at that very point. And sometimes uh, our trials are our own fault. Now, look with me in verse number 14. Uh, He says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. So I'm saying to you that as I think back in my own life, I can think of some situations that, that, 
they really boil down to the truth is just kind of my doing. And it well may be that for you. Sometimes, you know, it's just our doing. We kind of created this mess, either by not doing what we should or doing what we should not have. And so we need to guard our tongue. And not only that, we need to understand that when we talk, I mean, nobody else even may around. We may be around. We may just be talking. Our ears hear what we say. And we need to guard what we put in our own ears. And not only that, we need to guard what we say that goes into other people's ears. You may have the purest heart in the world, but yet you could say something to someone that's going through a difficult situation. It might be physical. It might be financial. It might be a relationship. It can be, a, it can be anything. And you could be just as pure as gold, thinking that, hey, what I'm saying, I'm going to help them. Well, you want to help them. We all do. But I'm saying to you, we need to listen. Now, the second thing we can do to develop your faith is by cleansing your heart. By cleansing your heart. We're talking about how to develop our faith. I'm going to guard my tongue, what I let my own ears hear myself say, and I'm going to sure care about others enough to be careful. But this whole matter of by cleansing your heart, if you look with me down in verse, in verse 21, it says, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And so uh, here's where we need to uh, be sure we're cleansed. Unconfessed sin is to the spirit and the spirit part of man the same thing that a clogged artery or clogged arteries is to the physical being of man. You see, the, the arteries clogged or even partially blood can't flow. Well, when we have unconfessed sin in our life, you know, we shuck it off like, well, you know, everybody sins, no big deal. Everybody does sin. It is a big deal. But the point is, it's not everybody. The point is you and the point is me. Here's what I know. If I am cleansed, if I'm cleansed, my faith is stronger. And when I'm not cleansed, my faith is not as strong. And so that is how you develop your faith. And then number three, uh, you develop your faith by receiving God's word. By receiving God's word. Now, if you look with me again in verse 21, uh, the first part said, lay aside all filths and overflow of wickedness, and then, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. In other words, uh, you don't just hear God's word. That's what you're doing now. And the other trap that many very sincere Christians fall into is they're going to spend all their time studying God's word. They're going to be deep in the Word, and we need to study God's Word. <laughs> but more important, we need to receive God's Word. You know, it's one thing to hear it, not receive it. You say, what are you talking about? Well, that is, you, you trust God's words. You trust God's promises. God has promised He will do this and this. You receive that. You believe that by faith. You don't know how God's going to do it nor when God will do it, you just believe by faith God will 
take care of the situation. Be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, hey, that's what a, that's what a trial is. A trial is a situation. You may be in a situation right this moment. You may face a huge situation this week. Well, listen, here's what God says. Be not anxious, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, man, it's it's one thing to be able to quote the verses. Boy, it's a whole different deal to receive it, to receive it. Some of you may struggle with this. Uh, you know, you, you say, I've prayed and asked Jesus to save me. Well, what you need to do is receive his promise, his word, that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You, put your, you begin to trust God for what his word says. And that, to me, is the huge thing about strengthening our faith. You receive God's word. Now, folks, hear me. This is the value of reading God's Word daily. I marvel. I marvel. You'll be reading along, and lo and behold, here will be something that's just what you need for that very day. Or just what you need, or someone else will need that you'll be around that day. You can share that with them. It's just the mystery of God to me. As you you read Scripture passages, you've read endless numbers of times. But you read it, and on this day, at this time in your life... It's just like something jumps up off the page. That's the power of the Word of God. And then you do what? You receive it. You, just, you may not understand all about how God will do this beyond me. But I'm going to trust God to do it. And what that does, uh, it, it develops your faith. And then the fourth thing that James mentions that we look at this morning is you develop your faith by being a doer of the Word. By being a doer of the Word. And it's right here in verse number 22, James chapter 1, verse 22. The Bible says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word. That, that, is, that is the whole key, is you receive the word, but then you do the things that you feel like the Holy Spirit has given you to do based on what God's word says. And people that are doers of the word, they just seem like they have a faith that's to the mountain peak, a faith to the mountain peak. And there's so many things we can actually do from the Word. It doesn't mean you have to teach a Sunday school class, or it doesn't mean a lot of those things. It may be what you're to do. But in your own private, personal life, you just do what the Word of God says. Now, here's, here's, a, here's a situation. When we're going through trials, These things are not on our radar screen, probably. They're not mine. I mean, when when I'm going through a trial, you know, what do we do? Well, we generally start telling some other people about it. And, And there's nothing wrong with that, necessarily, if it's done in the right order. But that may be about all we do. You know, people are always sharing their difficulties, their situation. We tell other people. Well, now the Bible says his wisdom and counsel. I, I suggest to you that God's counsel is the best counsel. Could I have an amen to that? But, you know, we do that. It's kind of our tendency. And then, you know, once we've kind of done that, 
what do we do? Well, I'm going through a situation. I'm going through something, a test, a difficulty, a trial. Well, I'm going to tell some folks about it. And then somewhere in the midst of this deal, I'm going to try to see if I can't fix it myself. You know, I'm going to do what I can. And we, and we need to do what we can. I'm not suggesting we not do that. But, the, but here's the problem. That's kind of our stopping place. Now, the best thing any of us can do as we're going through different situations, tests, difficulties, trials, is before we go tell everybody else about it, and before we try to fix it ourselves, somehow, if you could remember these four things we've looked at this morning on how to develop your faith and remember them. So before you go telling all your buddies and friends what your difficulty is, guard your tongue and begin by talking to God about it. And then you just kind of could go right on down the list. Be sure you have a cleansed heart. Then you receive what God's word says to you about the subject that you're dealing with, the matter you're dealing with, the things from God's word that could help you. And then you do those things by trusting and believing those things. And here's what, here's what pulls it all together. Remember, God gave you a measure of faith. That's, that's the only way you could have ever been saved to start with. You had some measure of faith. And you put your faith and trust in God's word to save your soul. Believing that one day when you die, you will go to heaven. Now that's huge. And that's all true. But between this moment and that moment, none of us are dead this morning. We're alive. And we're all going through, or most of us, various things. Here's, here's the bottom line. We can live our faith through our trials. And James tells us how to do that. And the one thing that makes it click is to remember the object of our faith is who? Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. He who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when that ever clicks, no matter what comes along, it doesn't mean like we're Superman or Superwoman. Doesn't mean like nothing ever knocks us over. That's not the whole deal. No, none of us are there and never will be there until the day Jesus comes. But here's what it does mean. That God has given us a precious gift. I love this verse in James, if you look at it, in 17, chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, comes down for the Father of lights. And one of God's greatest gifts is faith. And our part in it is to develop our faith, to develop our faith, and to understand that as we go through dark times, it's like film. Film develops best in the dark. Faith is the very same way. I wish there was an easier way, but the fact of the matter is, if we could have an old-fashioned testimony time this morning, almost every person in this room could stand and say, you know, what the preacher said is exactly right, because during the most difficult thing I ever went through in my life, what happened to me was my faith was strengthened and made stronger. 
Well, that is so encouraging to me to know that God has devised a way for us to grow when we're going through trials in life. He's given us those specific steps that we can take to grow closer to Him when we're going through some of the most difficult experiences in life. And I believe that's why James, at the beginning of his letter, said this, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, why would he tell us to count it all joy, be joyful when you're going through difficult time? Well, the reason is because when we're going through trials, God is giving us an opportunity to grow and to develop in our relationship with Him. And so that is a good thing if you look at it from that perspective. Well, I hope this program today has been a blessing to you. I hope you'll have a great week and that you'll be with us next time on Peace by Believing. Peace by Believing is an extension of the ministry of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. If you would like to grow in your relationship with God, we have several booklets online for you to read or download. To find them, go to our website, peacebybelieving.org, click on the Spiritual Growth tab, and scroll down to the booklet section. If the ministry of Peace by Believing has been a blessing to you, please email us at info at peacebybelieving.org. We pray that you have a blessed week.